Becoming a member at Navy Federal Credit Union could help you to earn more and save more. Their certificate options could earn you more than standard savings accounts with competitive rates. Not all financial institutions offer you as many choices for savings options as Navy Federal does. For example, you can start your savings journey with a low minimum deposit, add money at any time, and watch your savings grow. Thanks to flexible terms, you can use Navy Federal savings options for all kinds of goals, short or long term. Navy Federal also offers equity loan options to help you get the funds you need to consolidate high-interest debt, work on home improvements, or cover any of life's big expenses. To learn more, visit NavyFederal.org. At Navy Federal, their members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, equal housing lender, membership required. Terms and conditions apply, loan subject to approval. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, so whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Hala talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well, what better way to test the waters? While you are away, your home could also earn extra income. That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling, because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we're discussing frugality is cool again and bike riding surges. I don't think there could be an episode that's more appropriately named for our podcast. <laughs> like these are all the things that we love. We love being frugal. We love bike riding. It's finally taken a pandemic maybe to get people on board doing the things that we love to do. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Why weren't they listening before? But at least they're listening now. They're riding their bikes. They're spending less money. They're being more frugal. I love it. Yeah. Bike riding, that was like our second or third episode ever. Uh, <laughs> I f I'm sure early on we did a, an episode on frugality too, right? I, I'm sure we did. Yeah. yeah but we it had been, to have. I don't remember. Our Either way though, it's, it's distant backlog. It's imbued into the, uh, the character and the ethos of our show for Ex sure. Exactly. <laughs> hey Matt, how are you doing? It's week eight of the quarantine right two stinking months isn't that insane that is insane but things for us have been going pretty good at this point you know i, I mentioned i kind of hinted at last week how the first week or two was sort of like i don't know kind of felt like vacation a little bit it's a little more unstructured but then 
uh, the weeks after that were hard, man. Uh, you know, like Kate and I, we had a tough time. I think one of the things we realized was was how important date nights have been for us, and we haven't really had those recently. Uh, we we swap with you guys, with you and Emily. You know, I'll go over and watch your kids while y'all go on a date night, and then the next week, vice versa, right? And so we have this sort of built-in structure. We have this framework established to where we can each kind of connect with our wives and talk about adult things and go out to dinner and and, and have an adult conversation. You know, which is rare it, with so many kids running around. Exactly. It's, it's hard to do. And so, you know, you guys do that at least twice a month. We do that at least twice a month normally. But then once the lockdown began, that's not something, obviously, that we could continue. But it also meant that our relationship suffered. And I don't even think we realized it until maybe like five weeks in. But, you know, we, we became increasingly impatient with each other. Hostile. Yeah. And we, and we realized we weren't like we were just functioning. We were making sure our household was staying together, like functionally, you know, running tech support for the kids with their Zoom calls and, <laughs> and just all that having kids at home entails because it's tough, right? Like all of us are experiencing the quarantine in different ways, but it's also tough when you have kids at home. And so I just wanted to mention that because just being aware to that, I think is the first step in making sure that you're taking the steps necessary to ensure that your relationships aren't suffering, specifically if you have a partner, you know? So, I mean, if you do have a a partner or a spouse, I would recommend that you make sure that you're talking about stuff make sure that you're understood and that you feel heard and seen. Hopefully this time can be a time that we can kind of grow our relationships and not just put them on pause <laughs> uh, or even worse, see them decline. Because overall, it's, it's a tough thing to do when you get a, a monkey wrench kind of thrown into the gears of, of our daily life. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of relationships have, have suffered in this time, right? Some have thrived and others have suffered just depending on what your new normal looks like, what your routine looks like. And I think most of our relationships have probably had more ups and downs than they typically have just because our routines have been completely upended. Uh, but that's, that's a good note. That's a good thing to be aware of and good to have those lines of communication open. This is not uh, therapy podcast, uh, <laughs> marriage therapy podcast. But well, by the way, too, if your spouse is a mother, Mother's Day is coming up this weekend. And so it's a perfect time to specifically make sure that your love for them is made known and that they're treated especially well. Nice, man. Good little reminder for everyone out there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Matt. But we always start out these podcasts with the good news. Good news. Let's get into some good stuff. And there was something that we mentioned last week on on the show that was kind of some bad news about a lot of beer going stale. And so I saw this article this week that uh, turned stale beer into really good news because it's being turned into whiskey. And one of my favorite whiskey distilleries out of Vermont is called Whistle Pig. They they make some some really good whiskey. It's kind of you've got some expensive taste. <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of expensive, and I've actually never purchased a bottle on my own. Although that's that's in my that's on my to do list someday. <laughs> Maybe when something monumental happens, I I don't know what that would be. But I, I thought you've got a bottle of that at your house. No, I don't. Oh no way! I've been too cheap to buy it, dude. <laughs> I need to actually get around to doing so it. So you, you'll just order a, an old fashioned while you're out that has Whistle Pig, right? occasionally every once in a while yeah special occasions only (laughs) (laughs) so so whistle pig uh, a distillery up in the northeast is bringing old beer from nearby brewers like harpoon lawson's and hill farmstead and they're salvaging that beer with no fee to the breweries and this actually saves the breweries money and at the same time whistle pig is is trying to make whiskey out of stale beer i don't know how that works or exactly what that looks like or how good the whiskey tastes but i'd be interested to try a batch of stale beer turned into whiskey uh, done by whistle pig well specifically too coming from these guys like Lawson's and Hill Farmstead right we actually haven't had any of their beers on the show but uh hopefully we will soon (laughs) (laughs) I'd love that maybe we can reach out to those breweries but then they make some of those amazing New England style IPAs uh where they have a cult following and Hill Farmstead makes just like a lot of farmhouse style beers that sound really tasty too (laughs) so 
but yeah, Joel, in that article, they mentioned uh, how specifically, I mean, the more flavor a beer has, the, the more flavor that the whiskey is going to have. And so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what comes out of that. I know they're really interested in seeing because they're not really going to know until a few years out yeah. after they've you know, distilled it down. And they say they're going to start working with the brewery specifically to figure out uh, a barrel aging program and, and, and what they're going to do to to make this whiskey extra delicious. And they're going to kind of co-opt it together uh, since it's obviously made from their beer. But yeah, that's super cool, man. What a, an awesome way to uh, to save a lot of beer that's going to waste. I got a little surprise good news for you. Ooh, uh, this wasn't in our notes, but uh, did you see that J.K. Rowling is doing Harry Potter at home? No. You haven't heard anything about this? No, because I just finished all the whole series on uh, my library app. Oh my gosh. Listening to all the books. So I didn't I, know you finished book seven. Yeah, it's great. We got to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, different celebrities uh, are going to be reading chapters from the Harry Potter books. Oh. Specifically, uh, Daniel Rack Cliff is reading chapter one from book one. No way. And uh, I think they're going to try to run through all of them, but they're going to have different individuals who, I don't know, is either friends with J.K. Rowling or either big fans of the books step in and, and read some of those. Maybe she'll reach out to her favorite finance podcast and one of us can read a chapter. Oh my gosh, it's been years, but I would <laughs> love to. J.K. Let well, us know. Yeah, let us know if uh, <laughs> if you happen to listen, but it's not going to happen. But I wanted to let you know that little tidbit of good news. Uh, I, th- I thought that was really cool. That's really cool. Uh, on the health insurance front, man, uh, I saw that Humana, they are waiving copays. We mentioned on a previous episode that a lot of the big health insurance providers uh, aren't making members reach their deductibles before covering costs related to COVID-19. Well, Humana is taking it a step further, man. Uh, for Medicare Advantage members, they're waiving in-network primary care costs, not only for COVID-19, but for all primary care visits for the rest of the year, for the rest of 2020. This is great news. Uh, and they're also going to be including some mental health as well for their members, uh, obviously as depression might be exacerbated uh, considering the, the the lockdown and, and the limited social interactions that we've been able to have. But uh, yeah, that was just an awesome way that Humana, this massive company, is stepping up and uh, making sure that they're providing for their members. Yeah, that's great news. And a lot of people, Matt, I think have been putting off going to the doctor because they're afraid of getting sick even more than they already are. So people haven't been seeing their physician on the reg. And maybe this is just an extra boost. If you're not having to pay anything out of pocket, it's like, okay, cool. It is worth getting out there and seeing my doctor. And if you've got something particularly troubling you, then you should be seeing your doctor. And this just just takes a barrier away from that. Yeah, one less hurdle. Yeah, exactly. So uh, another piece of good news, COVID is allowing for more work from home opportunities, and in particular, for those with disabilities. There was one person that was quoted saying, I was told I can never work remotely. And before coronavirus, workers with disabilities say they were asking their employers to allow them to work from home, but to no avail. Despite their disability, they, they weren't being offered any sort of help and any sort of ability to work from home, which is a bummer. But for a lot of those folks who, who that didn't have that option, this multi-month long test run has been a huge win for them for a lot of folks, but especially uh, folks with disabilities. So not only have businesses realized that it's a possibility, but also that it's a necessity. And I love seeing people that particularly benefit from this ability to work from home, right? For other people, it's nice. It's a comfort. It means no commute. But for other people, particularly people with disabilities, it's a huge win and it makes an even bigger difference than it would for non-disabled people. Nice, man. And one last little bit of good news we wanted to share, uh, and that is that the infection rates of COVID-19 in Georgia, they are leveling off and, and holding steady. Man, by, by no means are we you know anywhere near being out of the woods, but it is slightly encouraging to see that the, the rate of infection didn't jump. It didn't shoot through the roof once these non-essential businesses were allowed to open a couple weeks ago. It was you know right at two weeks ago that our governor allowed for non-essential businesses to open, specifically like hair salons, 
bowling alleys was one that kind of stood out to us as odd. That was the odd <laughs> one. And, and I think a big part of the reason that we have seen a leveling off is that a lot of businesses have either A, stayed closed for the time being because they feel it's safer for them and for their employees and for their customers that way. And a lot of other businesses, the ones that have opened, have taken a huge amount of precautions in order to be able to open well and to, to open safely. And so, yeah, everything I'm seeing out there about businesses that are reopening, they're being really cautious, they're being really smart and taking their own employees and their customers into consideration to make sure that everybody can get back to work in a safe and healthy way. So so yeah, I think we were a little nervous when our governor (laughs) was starting to open the floodgates and we were like, how's this going to work out? But it seems to have worked out okay so far. Yeah, it really felt like that we were going to be the canaries in the coal mine, right? right? (laughs) And that was an uncomfortable position to be in, but I I don't want to be a guinea pig. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. But but as businesses have opened and we've taken these precautions, I I think we're starting to get used to the idea that this virus virus, this pandemic is going to be with us for a while. So we need to make sure that we're taking the steps necessary to to protect ourselves. We're living in this gray area. You know, it's not either black or white. It's, you know, businesses aren't either open or closed. There's a lot of middle ground. And I think we're going to find ourselves in that middle ground, at, at least for the remainder of the year. Yeah, I agree. So, all right, Matt, let's get to something else that's kind of interesting to note. Bike riding is on the rise in a massive way. Heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we're big fans of this. It's been interesting just to see around the neighborhood just sitting on my porch or whatever, how many people are riding their bikes. And people that I'm talking to that haven't ridden their bike maybe in years, they're dusting it off, they're getting it back out there. And uh, so it's led to to one thing, a lot of bike models being sold out and a lot of bike shops being overrun with repairs. And I know that in late March, our state said that bike shops were an essential place of business. So we were all pumped about that because yeah, you need a bike to get around and bike shops are essential in our opinion. And so from the news I'm seeing too, the bike shops are, are overrun. And actually, Matt, I called a local mobile bike repair shop uh, nice. to, to come out and fix a uh, back wheel on my cargo bike. And it was crazy. I called him up and he was just like, I'm so busy. This is this is the craziest my life has ever been. <laughs> and so he seemed uh, uh, like he needed a, a day off. <laughs> he needed a break. <laughs> so I was like, cool, I'll call you back next week. But that's kind of what's happening with bike shops around town right now. They're just so busy around the nation uh, as people dust off those bikes and they realize that need, they need a little bit of work done. But I love seeing kind of the surge in bike riding, even if it has led to a lot of bike shops being sold out of bikes completely. Uh, my coworker, Kim, was looking to buy a bike right now because you know, what are you going to do? with all the free time and the beautiful weather ride a bike ride a bike man and and the specific model she was looking for was just almost impossible to find so yeah i think a lot of people are going to run into that if they're looking to buy a bike they might have a harder time finding the one they want yeah i know our local bike shop loose nuts uh they've been slammed with repairs i see it pop up on their little instagram stories but a lot of folks have a bike but they just haven't touched it in a while, right? right? And so they're, they're pulling it out of the basement, out of the attic, and, and wanting to get it back into shape uh, to where they can ride it. But yeah, I agree. If, if you are in the market for a bike, you might need to be a little more patient. Uh, and even used bikes are, are hard to come by right now. But uh, you know, you can keep scouring the, uh, the internet, looking on Facebook Marketplace, asking around the neighborhood. Maybe even ask a friend if you can borrow one, at least until bikes you know, become a little more readily available again. Kate, man, she had an old one down in the basement. And I, you know, we kind of forgot about it, but I remembered it was down there. Uh, it was her old bike, so she doesn't ride it anymore. It was sort of like her 
introduction to bikes <laughs> after we got married. But we pulled that thing out. I shined it up, replaced the, the tubes on it because, you know, they had long since dry rotted out and, and popped. But listed didn't sold that, man. Got that bike off to a new home. Somebody riding around in uh, Decatur enjoying this beautiful weather. So, <laughs> And I've got my old silver fixie as well. And I might have to list and sell that one here pretty soon as well. Nice. Yeah, now's the perfect time to sell an old bike, right? Because the demand is so high. Anybody who hasn't gotten out there on their bike yet, we'd encourage you to do it. Get out there. It's a great activity to do during quarantine and while the weather is just so dang keeps beautiful. you healthy it's good for the environment it's good for your community yep. saves you money like there are so many benefits to biking i don't think i would recommend for folks to go back and listen to that first episode <laughs> <laughs> essentially that was the gist of it though yeah. for all those reasons we love it we're still you know average podcasters the best but we were really bad back then <laughs> <laughs> yeah matt in just a second we're going to start talking about frugality and is frugality cool again it certainly seems like frugality is on the comeback but but one more thing of interest we talked recently about the real estate market and there have been a lot of questions how is the pandemic going to affect home sales and here is why predicting the future is so hard because i think a lot of people would have agreed that there's no way home prices are going to go up, especially in the midst of just rampant job losses. The most recent uh, job loss statistics were, were terrible to see, and, and it j- they just keep compounding. It's tough to watch. And in the midst of a worldwide pandemic and an economic pullback, how in the world are home prices going to go up? But those smart people would have been wrong because the the latest stats from the National Association of Realtors shows that despite the softening demand to buy a home, far fewer homes are even making it to the market. So a lot of people just haven't listed their homes in this spring selling market. And that is what's driving up prices. So even though demand is down, supply is way, way down. And so yeah, the basic economic rules of supply and demand are on full display in the housing market. It's just one of those things that not many people could have predicted. There are all these layers to what creates a robust housing market, to what leads to the supply and demand cycle. And it's just kind of fascinating to watch something that most people would have predicted was going to be on the downtrend. And and you know what? It might be six months from now. Uh, But at least for now, home prices are popping. Yeah, we had a listener question that was asking about that, and, and you know he mentioned a lot of his friends and colleagues were recommending, no man, hold off, like it's you know prices are going to drop here in several months, and I'm not going to claim that we can predict the future, but a lot of times it is wise, I think, to to take the bird in the hand versus you know two in the bush potentially, if you know that you've got something good, and that listener in particular had a great house that they love that they're really excited about, but they were just kind of unsure what was going to happen with prices in general. Let's well, go ahead and move forward with that with that house, and that's what we had mentioned, especially with those low interest rates. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But um, you know, some things to consider though, if you are in the market to buy or sell a home these days, there are stricter mortgage requirements. Lenders are looking to reduce their risk. So before, maybe when you could put a little bit less down for, for a down payment on that house, uh, you, you might see that increase. You might see maybe more due diligence on their part. You know, They might dig into your, your tax records a little bit more, in particular if you own a small business or are self-employed. You know, you're also going to see unaccompanied inspections. Uh, a lot of times when it comes to inspecting a house, you can kind of go along with the inspector, or at least afterwards, they'll sit down with you, go over some of the things in the report, show things to you in person uh, to kind of clarify. But in a lot of situations, that, that's not happening given the, uh, the social distancing measures. So make sure that you review the report extra thoroughly and uh, ask any questions if you are unclear on anything. And then maybe one sort of benefit <laughs> is that closings have, have gotten a lot quieter, right? Like it used to be where you'd sit down with the sellers of the house and you're sitting there as well. And you know, you're at a law office or at least a closing attorney's office. And you know, you've got drinks there and snacks if you, if you want that as well. But that's not really going down like that anymore. <laughs> Joel, you recently refinanced and, uh, and you mentioned how they just brought it to you on a clipboard in your car. Stuck it through my car window. <laughs> 
<laughs> which is just bizarre, but that's where things are right now. Uh, and so it depends on your personality, but I kind of see that as a, as a plus. A lot of the signatures are taking place digitally to where you can knock some of that out ahead of time. And, uh, and yeah, just limited amount of time in person where you are signing those papers. But yeah, just a few things for folks to consider if you are looking at buying a house this spring. All right, Matt, we got a couple more interesting things to get to that happened this week. And in particular, we're going to talk about frugality. It's cool again, like fanny packs and jeans with holes in them, I think. <laughs> and choker chains or you know, <laughs> necklaces and friendship bracelets. Now we're getting into territory we mood, know nothing about. Mood rings. Oh, oh man, these things are, these were hot back in our day and our kids are... They're on the rise again? Yeah, they're asking about them even in first grade. Okay. All right. It's well, crazy. We'll get to that stuff right after the break. <laughs> Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week at the beach every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simons on the calendar. Pumped for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. And now a word from the show's sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal. Rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money is breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up. Maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house, or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take. Well, 
the money app Monarch. They make it so easy to help you to reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal, they named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, collaborate with your partner even. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. And you won't get spammed either. Monarch features ad-free privacy you can trust. They will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. That's right, man. And after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. It just makes sense. It works. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash howtomoney for your extended 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial. All right, Matt, we're back from the break. I love these Friday episodes. We get to cover a lot of things that happened this week. And and one of the things I've been reading about is how frugality, it's on the rise, like mood rings and ripped jeans, apparently, which I didn't know about. So thanks for informing me. But uh, people certainly seem to be paying more attention to the little things that they might have glossed over previously in their budget. They just didn't pay attention to. And with these cost-cutting measures comes more savings. And the Bureau of Economic Analysis says that people are saving just over 13% of their income right now, which for people in the United States of America, that's that's a pretty high rate. We're that's really high. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's some other countries, we've talked about this before, that save close to 50% of their income. I love seeing that. I don't think we're ever going to get there in this country. But but seeing our savings rate bump up a good bit from the norm of what, 6 or 7% to 13% is great. It's amazing kind of what we can do when we're forced to do it, right? When the bars and restaurants are closed, we're, we're going to be forced to save more of our money. And I'm glad that people are finding some fortitude to be able to not just rack up more spending in other areas, but they're saving some some of that money for a rainy day for the future. And when the economy is in a tough spot, we make harder choices that we just wouldn't have made otherwise. So yeah, it's good to see frugality back up on the rise. Yeah. And you know, if you are a new how to money listener, and maybe you're realizing just how stinking awesome frugality can be, you can take small steps in order to kind of make these incremental changes in your life to kind of start going down that path of frugality. Before we've talked about how you can cut recurring expenses. And one of the ways you can do that is by looking at these expenses that you have on a, on a recurring basis, these subscriptions that you have. Uh, we recently came across an article that was talking about how you can pause your, your Prime membership. Amazon, understandably, is experiencing some shipping delays, right? Uh, but that doesn't mean that you aren't entitled to part of that Prime membership refunded to you. To prevent cancellations, Amazon, they are being pretty generous with refunding a portion of your membership. So reach out to them. It's being reported that they might refund even up to six months worth to you. I think I saw in the Facebook group, one of our listeners mentioned that to everybody else too. Hey, I just reached out to Amazon. I think six or eight months refunded nice. to them. That's so good. So it's actually happening. Uh, we have listener experience. Yeah, especially if you're not taking advantage of the additional services that come with Amazon Prime, right? If you're, if you're not really into the video thing, if you're not you know into into music, but you're just doing it primarily for the shipping, and that's not something that they're able to deliver on, like literally, <laughs> well, then this is a step that you can take to kind of begin down that path of frugality. This is a great time to ask yourself whether or not services like Prime even make sense for you at all. And, you know, Joel, we've got even more tips that you should check out in episode 185. That was cutting expenses in a time of financial distress. Uh, we would highly recommend folks to, to give that episode a listen. Yeah, now that frugality is cool again, you want to figure out how to be the coolest person on the block, then listen to that episode for sure. And my biggest question, I think, Matt, too, is will 
frugality stick? Like, will this newfound desire to keep more money in our savings accounts, to, to spend less money on things that we don't need, is that going to stick? And there are a lot of predictions right now about the kind of changes that are going to happen in our society and how long lasting that they're going to be. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more in a second about industry changes. But I'm not so sure that frugality is going to last as long as I would hope it would. After the Great Recession, just a little more than 10 years ago, frugality was really cool then too. But it never really seemed to stick around. And you hear so many stories, right, of how the frugal mindset never really left our grandparents' generation. After the Great Depression, there was something just etched in people's minds. And so frugality almost became a way of life. And I just didn't see that happen after the Great Recession. It didn't stick in the same way. So while I'm optimistic and I'm hopeful that uh, even a terribly negative event like COVID can, can have some positive outcomes, like increased frugality for all of us, I'm just not so sure that we're going to see sustained frugal choices and higher savings rates years and years down the road. That's my hope. That's what I want. But I'm just not quite sure that that's going to be reality. Yeah, unfortunately, I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> like The thing is with frugality is that uh, it can either be intrinsic or extrinsic, right? Uh, those who are intrinsic frugals are, are pretty motivated. And you know they also have the, the self-discipline to spend less and to save more. Um, and the thing is, here's what's key, is that they choose to do that. But what you know, what we'll call extrinsic frugals, they don't have a choice, and you know they are forced into being frugal based on their external circumstances. You know, right now that's the pandemic, that's not being able to work. A lot of individuals' income is drying up. Like that is a serious external circumstance, right? And so you know, what's interesting to me here is if there is a length of time that being uh, an extrinsic frugal. Uh, will lead to someone sort of adopting these values and internalizing it themselves, right? Because at a certain point, like once you do something long enough, it becomes your own behavior. It's something that you sort of adopt and it becomes a part of who you are. Like never leaving the house. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> so hopefully that won't be something that is, is part of who we are. But, you know, like when it comes to reusing things or, you know, eating maybe some leftovers that you would normally just toss out because now you're maybe realizing that like, oh man, I, maybe I, that should be another meal instead of just tossing it. It's literally throwing dollar bills in the trash can. Yes, exactly. And so to me, that's the most fascinating part of this is that there are individuals who are naturally frugal themselves. But then there are folks who are being forced into this frugality box. And some of them hate it. <laughs> and they can't wait to get back to their lavish, high-spending lifestyle, right? But for a lot of folks, hopefully they can realize and kind of connect on, on a deeper level the efficiency and how it's better for the environments and how just spending in general, it's, it's not something that maybe is bringing them happiness. You know, that could be another side effect is that they are, are spending less because they're being forced to spend less. And they're realizing that, wow, I'm just as happy as I used to be. Yeah. Or maybe I'm even happier than I used to be, which is crazy to think. But you know, given the health crisis, what's interesting as well is that I think these external factors that are forcing us to be frugal might stick around you know, for years, like years after we have a vaccine developed. And so it'll be interesting to see you know, within that time period, how many folks naturally become more frugal themselves and jump on that how to money bandwagon, riding their bikes to the store, only, you know, getting the bare necessities, that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd love to see that happen. Matt, speaking of things that are going to stick or aren't going to stick, I think we're going to see some industry changes. And there's something that's kind of been buzzed about the past week or two. And that was the new Trolls movie apparently made $100 million in just three weeks of, of streaming. Yeah, I think they made more like in those first three weeks than like the first movie did in like the first three months in the movie theater. Yeah. Or something I, like that. I mean, I've watched it 24 times, but... Um, <laughs> Have you really? Did y'all no, get it? No, we haven't seen it. Oh yeah. We don't, we don't fall prey to that marketing. I'm it popped gonna... up on the TV and the girls were like, ooh, Trolls. I'm like, no, no, no. We're not doing that, girls. Not 20 bucks. 
bucks for 48 hours of a movie. I mean, that's just not my jam because I'm a frugal dude. <laughs> Splitsies? Is that frugal or cheap? Oh, that's a good question. Or, or legal. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. All right. But yeah, do we see this trend continuing? Do we see people forsaking movie theaters and starting to, to watch premium movies that are released directly to your home and paying extra money to do so? And that's a good question. I I'm not sure what the answer is, but I think if I were AMC and Regal and, and some of the big movie theater chains, I'd be pretty nervous right now with massive 4K televisions in a lot of living rooms around the country and streaming kind of being the norm, the way we're used to accessing what we watch. Uh, and also with, with the heightened nervousness of public spaces, will people change their viewing habits enough to kill off the movie theater industry? I'm not willing to make a call like that. But again, I'd be nervous if I were them because people certainly don't seem to be reticent to drop 20 bucks to watch that movie. Because when you think about it, how much does a ticket to a movie theater cost? 12, 13, 14 bucks a person. So if you're taking just two or three people to go see that movie, it, it's way cheaper to watch it on your couch at home. Not to mention uh, the the popcorn and the sodas that people buy. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, and with the price of 4K, you know, like high def quality TVs with their prices just drastically coming down, uh, a lot of folks are, you know, able to get all, a lot of their viewing pleasure done at home. And so, you know, what other industries might be making substantial business model changes? You know, like we've obviously seen a change in sports and music events. Will those actually go back to normal anytime soon? I think we have a lot more questions than we do answers on this, uh, at least for now. But what we do know is that the profound shifts are happening in the way that businesses are having to think about their present and the future, uh, as well as us as individuals, right? And how we're going to handle our money, uh, the different things that we're going to pursue, how our, our careers are changing. Soon, we ought to talk about the, you know, the implications and the effects on our careers, given the, uh, the, the widespread effect of the pandemic on our economy. Yeah, for sure. That's a topic we definitely need to hit on. And Matt, one last thing I think we need to bring up on the show is kind of the way businesses are handling safety. At the beginning of the show, we talked about how we're seeing a lower level of infection rates in Georgia. And part of that is how businesses are handling things. They seem to be doing a pretty good job as they're reopening. And some companies that have been operating continuously uh, during this pandemic because they are necessary businesses, a business like Costco has now said they're requiring all shoppers to wear masks when you go to the store. And almost all the major airlines are instituting mask wearing policies. Uber just announced they're requiring all drivers and riders to wear masks to use the service. And I think private businesses making these calls, trying to keep not only their employees, but also their customers safe. That's a great way to go about doing this. And I know I'm going to feel more comfortable shopping in a store that has a policy like this that is trying to look out for everyone. And I, although I know other people feel a little differently. Yeah, there's actually been some backlash against companies you know, moving in this direction, but it, it really does seem like a smart and necessary move to me. And so we talk about personal finance every week, Joel, and so much of this, I think, does come down to us as individuals, right? If we're not willing to support these different businesses who are, are not taking these safety measures, well, you know, our dollars collectively have a large impact, and we're going to see businesses you know, being forced to respond to that. It's great to see businesses standing in the gap and creating a sense of security and safety for their customers when no one else is going to require it. And so, yeah, I appreciate businesses like Costco, the airlines, Uber. Obviously, it's a necessity, basically, to have those businesses running smoothly. And the only way that's going to happen is if we all feel safe using those services. So, all right, Matt, that's going to do it for this episode. As always, we have all of our episodes and some articles on our website at howtomoney.com. And thank you for being a listener and a subscriber to our show. If you haven't already, make sure to leave us a review. So, Joel, that's going to be it, man. Until next time, best friends out. Best friends out.
Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work.